Yo, it's Alex Terranova, and welcome to Flip the Lens, where Brie Holland, London Papa Michael, and myself smash down the walls of perfection, performance, and looking good to dive face first into deeply vulnerable and personal conversations where we expose and explore what it means to be authentic and how to succeed in a world desperate for a facade. Good morning, Alex, London. Guys, welcome to the show. We have something, I would say, fun to talk about, maybe a little controversial, but I was, um, let's dive in. I was talking to Aaron last night, my fiance, uh, we've been together 10 years, about someone that's been in my life for, oh gosh, over 10 years. Someone that I see on social media, someone that is, you know, has been a best friend, has been an enemy, has become a best friend again. How last night I decided I really need to just block this person on social media, get this person where I'm not seeing them because it's causing me a lot of mental struggle. And so self-care wise, my mental, like mental breakdown when I see this person, when I see posts, when I know that they're doing things to agitate me, maybe even unintentionally. So it came up, I was like, I need to block this person. I just need to cut them out. Is that selfish? Is it self-care? So that's the topic. What do you guys think? Good morning. <laughs> it just means you're a bad person. You're just a yeah. bad person. Pretty that's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll go first. Um, you know, like, I, hear, I hear it as self-care. Like you are taking care of you and getting your needs met. And I think that there is a super fine line between self-care and selfish. And the line is actually really fine because we've never been taught, we've actually never been taught self-care. We've been taught from an early age, don't be selfish, right? Like from, like with little kids, we bring that up, like don't. And, we, and I think we, it, it gets misconstrued because it gets put into our space with like not sharing or not being like a kind person or things like that when you're a little kid. A little kid, I'm gonna use sharing as an example, isn't sharing because they need to get their needs met, right? There's not like I keep, I'm hoarding all the blocks because I have this deeply emotional need to have all these blocks. Either it's, it's, they're afraid, right? Of like, it's like a scarcity or insecure thing. Um, and so I think we learn selfish as an early age, and then we grow up and all of a sudden we're like giving and giving or we're not taking care of ourselves, even if we're not giving. And the cost is, is high. And I think you see it tons with parents. I know Bree, you and Aaron have, I mean, you guys have three kids, you have another on the way and you could give up all of your days to your children and get nothing for you. I know you told me once, like getting a shower sometimes is like a big deal. Like that's not okay that like parents aren't getting their meals, they're not getting their nutrition, they're not getting like like intimate time, they're not getting quiet time. And I say it's not okay because if you, if I'm just, Brie, if you and Aaron aren't getting your needs met, how do you show up as powerful role models and parents for your kids, right? Like if your like hair is all matted and you're, and you and Aaron haven't like, you know, had intimacy in a long time and you haven't like nourished yourselves, you're sick, you're irritable, you're upset. And you're, that's going to like rain down on your children. And they're going to be like, wow, mom and dad sucks. Like, they're not going to know that consciously. And it's going to impact your ability to be good parents. But if you 
feed yourselves well and get your exercise in and get some quiet time and get some adult time and have some converse, like adult conversations and kind of nourish yourselves. Someone might say, oh, you guys are selfish. And I, might, I would look at that and go, no, because Brie and Aaron take better care of themselves, self-care, they're actually able to show up more powerfully for their, um, for their children. I have a lot more that I could, I have so much I could say on this because this is like a big, this is huge for me, but I want to, before I keep going, I want to hear what London has to say. Yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying, Alex. I mean, I think in the end, I think if to break it down, I don't know how long we're going to talk about this, but it comes down to what you think and to the more you can communicate to the people that are in your circle or around you i think the better off you can be for them to understand why you maybe make the decisions you make so if the things you were doing that are so-called self-care if they become detriment to other people then maybe you should evaluate that but also who are you talking to in your circle that you're getting their opinion i remember when i used to be so dedicated to eating and fitness that i was at a bar at 12 p.m and i went outside i told my friends while we were drinking I'm going to go step outside and make a call. I ate a protein bar because I was so committed to myself and like, I need to eat. I can't miss a meal. Like got to get these calories in, you know? And at the same time though, it's like London, your body's not going to change if you don't eat this meal replacement metrics bar, you know, like stay inside with your friends. So it can turn into that kind of stuff to where it was almost counterproductive. Like I didn't need to step outside for 10 minutes to go eat a protein bar. And I'd even tell my friends, like I'd lie to them and just said I was making a phone call when I could have simply said like, Hey guys, I got to go knock down a protein bar. Cause I got these goals I'm trying to meet. Right. So to be open and honest in your situations, like I'm on a dating site. So, Hey, it says on your uh, bio, you're chasing your dreams. And I'm like, yeah, it's exactly what I'm doing. I'm pursuing something that I really believe in. And if I'm dating somebody or I go on a date, I'm very upfront about like, I kind of like, these things are very important to me. And if we're going to get involved with each other, depending on what this turns into, I need you to understand that I have certain commitments to myself that I'm going to uphold because they're very important to me and I believe in them. And I need you to understand that. And depending on what this uh, turns into between you and I, I need you to understand that you're going to be a part of my life, but these things are going to continually be on the forefront of my life. And I need you to respect that and understand that I believe in it so much that it'll be worth it if you stick around with me, but understand that you're going to be riding shotgun. You might not necessarily be number one. And to really communicate with your uh, who you're dating, with your friends, your coworkers, for them to understand maybe why you are the way you are. So your friends always want you to go to happy hour four times a week, but you're always kind of on edge because you don't really want to go. You cut your gym time short. Be honest with your friends and say, hey, guys, like I'm really committed to doing this triathlon or this Spartan race. I need to do this or it's just good for my mental health. Hang out with your friend once a week, but they have you where you're fully committed. You're in a good mood because you did all the stuff you need to do during the week. And if these people that are around you that you're talking to aren't about that, then that's when I think you need to reevaluate who is in your life. I love it. I think that priorities in our life have to be super clear. Maybe, you know, what you're saying is like, define them for yourself so that you can also help other people in your life, around your life, understand them. So it flips the script from selfish to seeing 
it as a positive in someone's life. If I was blowing someone off and they're like, geez, I guess, you know, London doesn't like me. I guess Bree's like, <laughs> MIA, like, what did I do? And then they're getting in their own head and wondering what they've done to set those clear boundaries of, hey, I love you to death, like, but I'm not going to come out to happy hour every night because that's a good chunk of my time and I'm building a business. To say that and not see a friend for a year, besides a few texts or maybe, you know, one happy hour drink night in the year, they know that you care about them, but also you're setting the boundaries for where you're headed, whether it's dating someone, a friendship, a spouse. I know Aaron and I set a huge goal in my business when I first started was for me to quit my job outside the home. And we knew that it was going to cause, you know, some tension, some sacrifice was involved. So we sat down and made it clear, Hey, we're not going to go on date night. That sucked, but it was a sacrifice that we both were on the same page about. So it wasn't this, do you not like me anymore? We don't care about each other. We set a time frame. We said, okay, for this year, we're going to dig in. You know, if we spend time at home, we're going to cook dinner together, but we're not going to spend the money and we're not going to take the time to actually go out. We're not going to go drink with friends. We're not going to go, you know, on the weekends on our one day off, do those kinds of things because then it does eat into your whole weekend, not just one night, but then you're drinking and then you're hungover the next day, which affects your work day for the next, you know, foreseen future. So setting those guidelines has been something that I didn't know right away. I think we all kind of go through that phase of, oh, I'm building a business, but I'm still trying to keep this life that I already like previously had. I don't know about you guys, but I definitely tried to keep up with who I was before, like being a mom, you know, like going out all the time, finding like what grandma can watch the kid so that I can go out and I'm growing this business. Like I can scale a six figure business and still go out it just didn't work because you have too many apples in the basket and you have too many priorities that you're trying to put in number one. So scaling it back and saying, what am I trying to get out of this year? What am I trying to get out of this week? Who fits in there? And if they don't, can I clarify whether it's a person or a task, whether it's the house cleaning, we just got in a conversation about this, about cleaning our house. I'm like, Aaron, for six years, I didn't do the dishes. You came home at 2 a.m. The dishes weren't done when you, you know, got done bartending, working all night and the dishes weren't done because I had to make a decision to work my business because that's what we wanted more than a clean house every night. It was a decision I had to make and our house was a mess and it drove me nuts. But at the end of the day, taking care of kids and the business, those had to be my priorities. So we lived in a dirty house for you. <laughs> like, that was just it. You, um... Something that came up for me as you were sharing that was that I, I like wrote this note. It's like, what's your intention? Like, what, like, why are we doing the things that we're doing? Right. Cause so often it's like, it's just easy to use. Uh, I want to say like relationships or kids for analogies for this kind of conversation, but people are like killing themselves over their kids or their partners to make them happy and give their kids every need that they have and everything. And they're not intentional about like why they're doing it. Right. If you're a parent and you're just giving your kids everything, you're probably raising really spoiled kids. If you are a parent and you're not taking care of yourself, you're actually setting an example for your kids that like, hey, mom and dad aren't that important. And like, we don't need to take care of ourselves. And you might not be realizing that you're doing that, but kids pick up and see everything and they learn from us. So if they see mom and dad not cleaning the house, not taking a shower, not getting the bills paid, 
kids learn something from that. What they learn, I don't know. That it depends. Every kid is different. But I think it's important to say, like, what's your intention? You know, in my relationships, I want to say making being a good partner is really important to me, and and doing my best to make sure that person's needs are met. Now I know that there's a line. I can't meet all their needs. I can't. You can't make someone else happy. You can do things to that they like, but right, like I could make, I could make Brie you in London dinner every night, and you guys could choose that. That's not that isn't going to be that valuable to you. You could also be like, holy shit, man, we got we live with this guy Alex. Who's, we don't none listeners. We don't live together, but. Uh, and man, we live with this guy, Alex, and he makes us dinner every night. Man, I'm really lucky. I'm like really grateful for this. And then choose to empower that action to make us feel good. So I think it's important to look at, hey, what's our intention? For me, my intention every day is to take care of me first because the way I see life is like a, like a, um, a skyscraper. If you know, London lives on the 30th floor and Brie lives on the 35th floor and my kids live on the 100th floor. I can build the most beautiful life with all the people in my life, the kids, skyscraper to the ceiling or to the, to the sky. And it has like, it could, you know, it's the most beautiful thing. But if I haven't built the foundation, which is me, because I'm the foundation of my life and, and that lobby and that foundation is all crackled and ruined, it's all going to come down. And I think that's the key. So for me, I go my intention is to empower my self-care, my well-being, my mental needs, my physical needs, my emotional needs first. But it's the reason I would say it's not selfish is because I do it so I can be selfless and take care of everyone else. Um, and when I say that's a fine line, because if I was like doing drugs all day long, I couldn't make that same claim. You could be like, well, he's taking care of his needs. He's doing drugs and he sleeps all day long or whatever. But how is that helping creating road for everyone else? London, you, I know you use the gym as like a sanctuary, right? Like it's for you, the gym is like a place you get away and how it takes care of your mind. And I could see like, you know, you could have kids and a wife in the future and then being like, you know, you're always, you're in the gym too, too long. And not realizing like that's why you get to show up powerfully as a husband and a father because you did spend some time. Yeah, I actually had a conversation with my best friend about this. He's divorced um, and has two kids um, under the age of 10. And he was talking to a friend that I've been training online through my playbook app. And he's like, yeah, I talked to Drew and Drew was saying how, you know, difficult it is as a parent and having a business with his parents that is uh, doing very well during this pandemic to uh, make the time to take care of himself to work out. And he's put on some weight, not feeling good mentally and stuff. And I ended up talking to my friend, my best friend that said this to the other guy that we know. And I was like, well, first, you know, jokingly, I was like, well, fuck, dude, why didn't you talk to me so I could, you know, help you out with this? You know, like, it's kind of what I do for a living, brother. But I never said on any of my stories or when I preach or talk that it's easy. It's just, you need to realize what's good for you and try out what you think might be good for you. But if you're looking in the mirror and you don't like the way you look and feel, but like you want to be the number one dad and always be there for your parents. Are you like Alex, you guys are saying like, are you really showing up as best you can? I'm not saying like you're doing wrong. I'm just saying maybe you could change some things to, feel better and do better as a parent and show up better as a parent 
And dude, it's like, you're 30 some years old, bro. You like, you don't like the way you look and the way you feel like, doesn't matter how old you are, but especially being young. And I always remembered when him and I were younger, we always had conversations, pretty much mature conversations for 20 year olds of, Hey man, I want to be young when I have kids so I can run around with them. I want to be able to take them outside and not just be stuck on the couch and be like, throw my back out. Cause I shot a basketball, you know? And I'm like, well, shit, dude, you're not taking care of yourself now and you're 30 some years old. So let's get back on track and let's have an honest conversation of where you can change what you're doing to devote some time. So I was like, dude, if you spend three hours a day with your kids, I bet a million dollars, dude, I'm not knocking you. I bet you you're not 100% all in. I bet you're on your phone, probably watching a little TV, a little Instagram post. I'm not saying that's bad, but take the hour, 45 minutes, go run, go work out. And then you got two solid hours where you're in a good mood because you just trained. You got these endorphins pumping and you got two solid hours with your kids, man. And it's prolonging your life by taking care of your body and your mental health and your insides is promoting a boost in your immune system. So with the way science goes, most likely you're going to live longer, God willing, right? Knock on wood. So to be able to help him look at it that way, like not only I'm taking a little bit of time away from my kids, but I'm devoting that time to myself to make myself feel better, look better. And I'm also believing that I am going to have a better quality of life and show up better for my kids down the road. Don't tell me that is not selfish. That is fucking self-love, dude. That is self-care. And if people are knocking you for that, change your circle. I would love for everybody listening to this to Take a day, take an hour. Um, it's funny because we had a team call last night. You guys know I do direct sales. And we had a team call and I got on expecting to share like tips like, okay, it's a pandemic. How do we, you know, sell the products that we have and, and share and, and grow our businesses? And we got on and it turned into what do you want? Like, why are you doing like you can sell product? Anybody can sell a product, right? Sell toothpaste, sell deodorant, whatever and not feel fulfilled by the income that you receive from that business. And I looked at our fridge or on our, uh, the side of our fridge with a magnet. And I have a sticky note from when we started this business just less than six months ago. And the why hasn't changed since me doing a different business six years ago to this business that we've now just been in a couple months. The why is because we both want to be present parents. We both have made that sacrifice. And so getting on a call last night and telling these girls, like, you have to know what the income is doing for you, what the workout is doing. Like London, I see, I know you've talked multiple times about the mental strength that you gain from working out. I know myself, I slacked. We've talked about when COVID hit, how a lot of us, we just kind of stopped doing those things. And just this week I started working out again and I'm like, oh my gosh, I've used so many excuses so many things to, you know, I'm pregnant, I'm tired, my feet are swollen, it's hot, I have things to organize, I've got kids, all these things. And then like you're saying, 30 minutes free. It's 30 minutes that I'm probably scrolling my phone, that I'm watching a TV show, that I'm choosing to pick other things and placing them as priority that's actually downgrading my life and my goals and my why. So taking some time, if you're listening to this, taking some time and really evaluating where is my time being spent, and is it selfishly getting me to a place where I want to be? Am I be? Is it helping me become? Because I think we can be selfish and sit and watch TV all day and like really impacting getting nowhere. 
So I think like for me, it is evaluating and going, why am I doing these things? Have I gotten off track? Am I using my time wisely for why I cut that other thing out? Why cut friends nights out? Why I, you know, am I just ignoring where I really want to be? Because it could be money. It could be more time with your kids. It could be a whole lot of things. London, you want to feel good. You want to look good. Let's be real. We Like, I want to look good. <laughs> like, I don't want to like work out and be like, it's mental stuff. I don't care if I'm, you know, 30 pounds overweight. It's just for my mental clarity, right? Like, I want to look good. I'm 30. I want to feel good after this fourth baby. So asking yourself, is that something you guys do regularly? I know we're, you know, in this and we've, we've all been working on our, our self-care journeys. Is it something that you guys put on your calendar that you do regularly as a check-in? Like, am I avoiding my friends and watching TV? Am I, what am I doing with my time? How am I making sure that it's not just selfish, that it's an okay decision versus just being selfish because I'm getting lazy? I'm, I'm first of all upset with you right now, Bree, because you have a Peloton and there's some people like me out there like waiting for our Pelotons to be delivered for months and months and months. And this is a very privileged conversation that we're having about Pelotons. Did you order but one? I ordered a Pel- no, I ordered a Peloton. So it's really funny. This is just like sub-bar, but I, I wanted a Peloton at the end of last year and I was like, ah, it's not really fine. It doesn't really, I don't need one, right? This is like, like I have a gym, I have yoga, there's bikes, like I'm being silly. I don't need to have my own bike in my house. I just like wanted it, right? It was like one of those, you have a computer, a phone, but you want an iPad. You don't need it. It was like one of those. And I was like, nah, I don't need it. And then of course, COVID happens, right? Gym closes, yoga closes. I lose all that and I don't have one. And at first I was like, oh, let's see what happens. And I think I ordered my Peloton in March or April and they said it will not be delivered until September. <laughs> like that's how backed up they are. Like, I mean, good for Peloton. Right. And like, but, um, yeah. Can so sponsorship? can we get like a, <laughs> I know I uh, totally, so I did, but you know what I, you know what I've been so to your point, I've been really focused on, look, it was, it was good. I think to take some time off and like, just let my body rest and not like, be so hyper about like my routines and everything. And then I think it went overboard, right? Like I think I went too long without meditation, too long without reading, too long without like some sort of fitness. Um, I, there's like, um, I can take the weekend off and do nothing like on Saturday and Sunday. But if I take the weekend plus Monday and Tuesday and do nothing, all of a sudden I get to start to get sad and depressed. Like I need to have something to do. I need some purpose. And I think the same thing started happening with self-care. I took self-care off at the beginning because it was like, oh, like, hey, this is kind of like what nature's intending. Maybe this is a great opportunity. And I took it too far and I started to feel bad and feel sad and, and not feel great about myself or the world or humans. And so I've been practicing little ways. Like yesterday, I don't have my Peloton bike, but I use the Peloton app. And I did like a yoga class and, you know, at home, which I don't like doing. It's not like, it's not enjoyable for me as much, but I made myself do it. Um, last week, three times I found there was like a stationary bike in the complex I live in that was outside and I hopped on there and I put the Peloton app on the front of the bike. Now I can't, it's like, I could have used the excuse, right? Like I can't figure out the resistance and all the stuff cause it's not the same. But I was like, it doesn't matter. Just get a sweat in. And one of the days I was like, oh, I only have 20 minutes. I was like, do a 15 minute ride. 
And I think our, that same part of you that is telling you that you're being selfish or telling other people that they're being selfish is the same part of you that's like, oh, you don't have enough time to work out or you should be doing something else or ah, I don't like working out at home and it comes up with excuses. And I think we need to, like for us to be the people that we want to be and achieve the goals that we want to have, we have to, self-care is like the foundation. I was actually just outlining the process I want to take clients through. So I've been coaching almost for six years now and I, I have these things, but I didn't have like a, this is the way I want it to go kind of on a, on a standard way. And I wrote it all out like on post-its and then arranged it how I thought would be the best way. And I, and at the end, the thing that I thought was like, we have to start with is self-care because we can't build anything on top of a broken foundation. And you as a human being are the foundation of your life. I think it also, you know, it comes down to common sense and understanding what's good for you and then understanding how things change. So when I was in sales, I uh, was friends of a friend with a guy and he posted the thing that got me into the job. He's like, hey, six figures, no college education, full benefits, hit me up. So I was like, dude, what's up? He's like, we're selling vacations. You in? I'm like, yeah, man, I need to step up and try to make more money. I'm in a financial situation with my life situation. So this guy ended up um, almost winning rookie of the year. I think he made 70 to a hundred thousand his first year. I think I was in the uh, 40 to 45 range, but I hung out with him all the time after work and I didn't work out. I was like, ah, oh, you know, let's talk about work. We'll blow off some steam together. You know, we're kind of becoming friends. Um, we're helping each other get better because we're talking about each, each opportunity that we went through the day of how it went. Maybe we can help coach each other up and this and that, but I couldn't afford it. This dude made almost double of what I made and I was hanging out with him all the time thinking I was taking care of myself by blowing off some steam at happy hour four or five times a week. And it was like, hold up, dude. Like, how is this beneficial for you? Or have a conversation with him over breakfast or coffee or, hey, dude, like if you want to come over, I'm cooking dinner at my house and we can talk or, hey, can we just talk on the drive home? Because I can't afford to go have sushi happy hour and three drinks every night. You know, it's like it doesn't make sense. But then also. Again, as you get older, common sense and understanding what's good for you. I was kind of out of it last week and my roommate was like, hey, dude, we were having a conversation. He was in the same kind of boat. He's like, dude, let's go have a beer. Let's go get some food, walk down the pier. And I did, and, but it was good for me. I needed a break from my everyday routine to get out of the house, get off the computer. I didn't work out. I didn't run. You know, and I had a good conversation with him. I enjoyed being, it was nice being around people, you know, seeing the sunset, having a couple cold beers. I had a good we split some food and that was good for me. So understanding like, Hey, when you need to do something that maybe isn't always normal to you, drinking isn't a big normal part of my life, but to understand, be your, be your best friend, be your own, give yourself permission to do those things that aren't in your normal routine. I didn't hurt myself by having three beers and a good conversation. That's part of my good mental health as well. And like, understand, hold yourself accountable, but like, don't, uh, hold yourself accountable to where you're a detriment to yourself because it could easily for me be like, God, oh, dude, you didn't run. Come on, bro. You could have ran and drank three beer, whatever. But no, 
pump the brakes, dude. You don't do this all the time. You have money. You can afford the 70 bucks in tip and for the food and the drinks. And it was worth it for me. And I allowed myself permission to have a good, honest conversation with a friend and have a little cheat meal and have three fucking delicious cold beers. And that was good for me. I felt better after. We laughed. We watched a movie afterwards. That's okay. And to understand under giving yourself permission love that is self-love honest with yourself and allowing yourself to do things for yourself that are good for you that aren't always in your normal routine that brings up i remember when steve weatherford was on and he said i'm not trying to be the best version for other people it clicked when i started being the best version of myself the superhero that i'm supposed to be for me for the people around me like i do it and I show up and I make these choices on, is this the version of me that I want to be? That it, it doesn't matter that your friend has money and decides to spend his money on sushi and drinks every night, right? You know, that's his priority. It makes him feel good. Great. You know, for me, even if I could afford that, alcohol was not serving me for five nights a week. It wasn't serving me. It was causing my mental state to be in depressed anxiety mode. I didn't function well the next day. I just wasn't productive. And so to also take yourself out of the scenario of what other people are doing versus what, what suits me to fit what I need. And that's going to look different. I mean, I went out with Aaron on a date night and was like, I felt selfish half the time. Like, Oh, like, we're out, we're spending money. We started this new business. We should be saving it. I struggle with money. That's a whole nother topic. But he's like, literally, we haven't been on a date since Corona hit. We have three children. You're pregnant. Order the second mocktail and get the steak. Like it's okay. So sometimes giving us permission, giving ourselves permission to enjoy and have those self-care things. And then also having that line of sometimes self-care doesn't look glamorous or pretty. Sometimes it's the workout. Sometimes it's the therapy. Like for me, when we started this podcast, I came on and was like, I'm 30. My life is actually pretty great. And I'm in therapy because that's the self-care and the work that I need to do. And that's not pleasant. That's not fun to dig up the past. Drinking a gallon of water as a 24-week pregnant person like, is not fun. I'm in the bathroom half the time peeing. But I know a gallon of water every day, mentally, I feel better. Like I just know my body. So to know that self-care, I don't think means indulgence or feel good things. Erin and I talk about it all the time. Getting my nails done, getting my hair done, getting massage. I would still struggle with anxiety. I'd go do all those things. I'd take an hour for myself and I would still be happy. And I would look and say, okay, where am I focused? Okay, didn't work out. I still have these toxic people that I'm following. You know, this friend that I see her post. The hour massage was not self-care. It's not what I needed to get to the next step of feeling good. It was actually the, the unfun self-care part of blocking someone, texting them and saying, hey, I don't want you to take it personally. It sucks all around, but like this just is not good for me. So this has nothing to do with you. This has everything to do with me and what I'm needing. That's not pleasant self-care. So I think there is that balance too of, What's indulgence? What makes us feel good? Those like endorphins after we work out or have sex or, you know, eat something that's bad for us, whether it's carbs, that dessert, where we're like, oh, this makes me feel good. I think it can be 
something that we so often are like, oh, I'm just taking care. I'm self-care, right? Like, I'm just going to go eat a donut. I'm just going to have that ice cream sandwich, right? Where it gets to the point of, oh, that's not self-care. That's like indulging and not taking care of yourself. So there's definitely that fine line, London, like you said, a couple beers with a friend felt good because you hadn't done it, that you're like, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to be fully present with it and I'm going to enjoy it. But I know that I'm not going to go do it the next day and the next day and the next day because that doesn't serve me. So definitely a fine line of self-care. What am I doing in my daily life? What am I going to allow on certain occasions? And what's actually an excuse to avoid where I really want to be, how I want to feel that's actually hindering me from being that person? Because trust me, I feel like eating McDonald's every single day this pregnancy. <laughs> I'm like, that's not self-care. Serving my, my craving every day is not self-care. Even if <laughs> I feel like it would be, this baby would like to say that it is, but I know that it's not serving me mentally. My physical body taking care of this baby is not served by eating McDonald's every day. So... I got, I got us for some rapid fires really quick. I want to know what the number one way you take care of yourself and the number one way that you sabotage yourself. Um, I'm trying to think if there's a third piece to this, but let's do add three. The number one way you sabotage yourself, the number one way you take care of yourself, and the number one way that you take care of other people. Who wants to go first? Oh, Wait, my, rapid my fire, theory. though. My daily routine of health of, uh, you know, getting a cardio in, getting a sweat, working out, um, eating, eating clean, but cooking because I enjoy it and it tastes good. Um, managing my emotions. So taking a deep breath before I get too, even if I'm too excited and also if I get angry, a uh, detriment would be uh, being so tough on myself because I, I, nobody else holds me accountable. And when you get older, again, you got to hold yourself accountable. It doesn't matter if you have parents in your corner or not. But to not have be my own person in my business, no, no help, no assistant, no, I do everything on my own. Um, so I'm always putting that pressure on me. But it becomes detrimental if I'm too hard on myself and I don't let, um, like I was trying to preach earlier, giving myself permission of, hey, man, take a day off, dude. You went 21 days straight of working out and researching and reading. dude. Like. My, uh, my roommate used to work with Tom Cruise. He's like, and I know this is rapid fire, but I just got a good story here. Hear me out. He's like, he's the most motherfucking 365 guy I ever met. He starts working on the other film before the film he's working on now is done. But he's like, London, he's not 365, but I bet you he's 315 a year. You know, and to realize like, dude, if you go 300 days straight a year, 65 days off, that's not a bad um, give and take. So I'd say that those are my three. I would say, oh, for me, sorry. <laughs> and then uh, what do I do? What's the third? Sorry to help others. Or what did you say? No, it was like the number one way that you take care of other people. Um, I, I'm open and honest on social media. And I, uh, I take the time to talk to complete strangers about their problem with nothing. Um, it doesn't gain anything for me, except for I'm happy to uh, help someone that maybe doesn't have feel like they can talk to anyone else. I would say my number one for taking care of me is scheduling time for my physical health, whether that's a workout. I mean, I mentioned my water drinking, like something so silly, but knowing for me, that's something that if I do every day, it just 
takes care of me. Um, and then 10 to 20 minutes of no kids, no husband, no phone. Like that to me, just sitting in the closet, wherever I have to go in the house or outside, whether it's a walk, not for physical activity, but just to clear my thoughts, feel what I'm feeling. If I'm having a bad day, a good day to gather all of it. So I can kind of like sort my brain out as a busy mom, just to sit with myself is sometimes all I need. So definitely that in the day, whether it's a nap right now with pregnancy. So just 10 to 20 minutes, it's not like a long time every day, but even 10 minutes of sanity of quiet for someone that's OCD and struggles. (laughs) My house is always loud. So that for sure. And then, um, I think my biggest struggle or hindrance in my own journey and my own life would definitely be similar to London, hard on myself. I, I set goals. I'm very hard on myself and I'm very, I'm a worrier. So like glass half empty, I can set big goals, but then if I'm not close to them or if I'm choosing to do something else, I stress myself out and I almost cause myself to not take any more action steps because I go panic. I freeze and I worry like, oh, we're not here. We should be here. So I definitely let myself down because I, I worry and panic. Um, and then I think the biggest way I help others, I would say is just being real and raw on social media and to the people around me. I'm not too afraid of what people are going to say. Um, so if a friend is complaining about their weight or how they look or whatnot, I'm probably going to be the friend that's like, well, girl, you drink every night. Of course your skin is bad. <laughs> like I'm going to tell them. And I think as much as, you know, I've, I've lost friends. I know Alex has seen me go through relationships where I've lost them because I've told the truth. I've literally just been like, this is what I see. You can take it. You cannot take it, but this is what I see as a friend from the outside looking in. This is what I see. Take it, leave it, whatever. But I'm going to be truthful on my social media. I show up real and raw. It's not glamorous. It's not pretty, but someone can take that and go, well, she can do it. I can do it because X, Y, and Z. So I think that is something that people can relate to, that they can gravitate towards. Um, so that's how I help, I think. Man, you guys are terrible at rapid fires. <laughs> um, 20 minutes later. Uh, best self-care is, I think, meditation. Like actually just slowing down and getting that 10 to 20 minutes in. Um, way sabotage i think we're all the same i think anybody that's like a high achiever we're high achievers so we're super self-critical um my i know that my brain there's nothing worse for me than my own brain it like is my biggest enemy nobody can hurt me the way my brain can and the way best way i take care of other people um i think is contributing adding value and contributing. And it's like my biggest commitment is everywhere I go, every room I walk into, I want to add value to that room. I don't need to leave with anything, but I want to add value. And I actually learned that by adding value, I actually do get to leave with something. It's joy and fulfillment, uh, but that's just a side effect. So, yeah. Thanks for, uh, oh, London, you want to jump in here? I see you. Yeah. Have conversations with yourself and with people that are in your circle. You know, I've had conversations with my friend, uh, Louise. I always call him the younger, better version of me. Hey, man, do I, uh, I feel like maybe I always hit you with everything that's going on with me. And if I'm projecting all my negative energy or my problems, you know, it's because I trust you and I trust your opinion. But 
if I'm always doing that when we talk, I apologize and please let me know, you know, and being honest with yourself about what you're doing and what's good and what's not is if it's serving you, if it, it's getting to where you need to get to. And sometimes taking that step back and that break and doing something that's out of your routine, but you're doing it that's still good for you as in your mental health and having a healthy conversation and a meal with a friend, don't beat yourself up. But to be able to communicate and find out what people think, it'll really let you know where they stand and it might be a good calling out for you. Be like, dude, you never, you're always like, Hey man, I'm focused in this, but why can't you never ask me to go work out with you? Or you know that I have kids and I can't get away from my kids. So would you just try to meet me and my kids for breakfast? Would you be willing to do that? I can't do happy hour anymore, but I can meet you for lunch. Or do you mind meeting me for dinner and bringing my kids? Of course not. You know, and you should be able to have those conversations with your, your circle. Right. And I think a lot of times we are worried about what they're going to think or not understand it. And that's, that's not good. And that's not a good inner circle. Last time I checked. Well, thanks for listening. Um, everyone who's here, who's listening, who got us ranked in the top 100, especially in Sweden, shout out to the Swedes out there. Um, yeah, thanks. Thanks for everyone who's been supporting us, writing reviews, listening. You know, this is, uh, we do a lot of work to make this happen. So thanks for the support. And uh, yeah, you know, you guys reach out to London a lot. So thanks for communicating with him. I know he loves that back and forth. Thank you for listening. It's not easy to create these episodes, but we know it's important. We need more real, open, and honest conversations because we know that whatever you're going through, whatever you're dealing with, you're not alone. A life pretending isn't worth living. So please share this podcast with a friend and thanks for listening.